Hello and welcome to the latest uh, Moneymakers podcast, presented by me, Jonathan Davis. Uh, today I'm uh, happy to be joined by uh, Hugh Sloan, the founder and uh, partner and a partner in uh, Sloan Robinson, uh, the fund management firm. And uh, we're going to talk about Japan. Now, Hugh, the, you've been a bull of Japan for some time. Um, can you tell me when you started to adopt this view and, uh, and, and the main reasons for it? Sure. So the, in, in the summer of um, 2012, it became clear that we would have a government change in, um, uh, in Japan and that um, the new incoming Prime Minister would replace the prior Bank of Japan governor and that together Abe-san and Kuroda-san um, would, in, would embark on a, a policy of, uh, uh, of reflation and capital efficiency. They called it the three arrows, but really it boils down to those, those, uh, those two things, reflation and capital efficiency. And it was very helpful that um, uh, the Japanese market was uh, measure, measured by price to book was uh, cheaper than all but a handful of days since since the Second World War. So we were trading at sort of you know, 0.8 of book at that uh, at that point, and uh, there's very wide widespread scepticism that anything could be uh, anything healthy could be achieved in in Japan. So it's an excellent backdrop to be to become more optimistic. And that's partly because there'd been a bear market in the Japanese stock market at least for more than 20 years. Correct. And uh, the country has also been afflicted by deflation for most of that period. Correct. Which uh, most people intuitively uh, interpret as being a negative rather than a positive. Exactly. So as a result of that, the market was really cheap. And what you needed, therefore, was a conviction that there would be catalysts to bring about a change in that. Exactly. We're two years on from that, uh, two and a half years on from the election and uh, uh, the arrival of uh, Abe and uh, Arbonomics, as it's known. Uh, the market has risen strongly, uh, but then it's fallen off quite sharply in the recent bout of market weakness. Uh, should that be a cause for concern? Does that invalidate your thesis? It doesn't inval invalidate it at all, but the, um, the, I've said all, all along and written that the whereas one can have a very high level of conviction about the the direction of change uh, and the slope of the of the trend. Um, many investors will be and have become impatient for uh, for more rapid change. So the the in terms of capital efficiency, the uh, Japan's profitability is at record highs, as me as measured by or record highs for the last. 45 years as measured by return on equity and uh, a record amount of this was was repaid to uh, or paid out to shareholders last year so the total payout ratio is um, uh, is 46% but Japanese balance sheets are still quite lazy uh, there's a lot of cash on the balance sheet the companies had fully adjusted to uh, uh, to the deflationary environment and haven't changed their uh, their expectations about inflation that much. So there's a, basically there's a lot more that they could do in order to uh, to improve uh, profitability without much of an improvement in 
in margins. So they, they've got to do more for, in terms of asset turn and they've got to, to, uh, to do a lot more in terms of, of leverage. So when, as, um, as in the first, um, first weeks of this year, you have fears of a global slowdown, it's not too surprising that you have extremely large selling from um, what are called investment tourists who mainly live in Boston. And, uh, and as that's been associated with, um, with yen strength, which is somewhat surprising, though in the, in the medium-term trend, that, uh, that the, market, um, the market underperforms. But the basis for believing in, re- in, in reflation of the economy remains strong, and the long-term improvement in, um, in capital efficiency is, um, is pretty much undoubted. It's worth bearing in mind that, I mean, you know, Japanese policy making is very uh, is very conservative. Um, but once they, they they make up their mind, the um, the policy framework is is likely to be stable for uh, for several years or and, and maybe even several decades. It took Japan 15 years to decide to reflate, but every constituency in Japan is now is now in favour of, of reflation. The government is, the Bank of Japan is, MOF is, the Keidan Ren, and the voters. So the, there's a, a phrase in Japanese called nemawashi, it means root binding. And the, um, the, 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 the last 15 years of, of nemawashi has really, there is, there is no opposition in Japan towards, um, towards the uh, changes which are characterized as, uh, as abenomics. So, in other words, there's a, the, the climate for uh, reform and for change is, uh, has improved, made a decisive turn in, in your view. Exactly. And it's not going to be uh, interrupted any time soon, um, whatever uh, others may think. But can I then ask you a couple of more fundamental questions which have come up from talking about this to other investors? I mean, first of all, despite the improved uh, profitability of the corporate sector, yeah. The Japanese economy is still not growing by any significant margin, at least we can't see that yet. And the immediate target of, of uh, returning to inflation of 2% is still a long way off, at least according to the reported figures. How do you uh, respond to that? How can these... Well, the inflation, the inflation one's the easiest, the easiest one. I, whether by accident or design, I, I tend to think it's by, by design. Kareda Sanders is targeting virtually the only, or the only measure of inflation in Japan that hasn't picked up. The headline C- CPI, so every, every other indicator of inflation, including the GDP deflator, which, which is up, which is growing as the, um, more than it has in, in 25 years. Uh, but every, every measure of inflation is up. So wages are up, rents are up, land prices are up, house prices are up. Um, I, d- I mean, it's really very hard to see. Wholesale prices are up, although what they were until until the uh, the oil price fell. So it's true that the that his his core indicator has not has not improved. But it's a everyone knows um, that it's a, this is headline CPI is a very imperfect measure of uh, of inflation. More worrying. Having said that, more worrying. It's it's also true that. Um, uh, there's not much evidence of a pickup in inflationary expectations. So the, the period of monetary reflation has, um, has had to be 
extended and it wouldn't surprise me if it was extended further and, and um, it, it becomes a sort of, a sort of permanent fe- uh, feature of, um, of Japan's monetary landscape over, over the, next, the next five years until we get a, a, a really big change in inflationary expectations. With regard to, to the economy, it, it just depends what your expectations were and what's, um, and what's realistic. So the Bank of Japan's and the and MOF's estimate of um, the potential growth rate in the, in the Japanese economy is only around 1%. In a fragile uh, global economy, I wouldn't have expected and have not expected the Japanese economy to grow, grow, grow very, very rapidly. Um, but I don't think that is uh, a, a necessary or sufficient reason uh, for doubting that you can have a big improvement in profitability. With total, out, total factor inputs in, in Japan are growing rather slowly, uh, and uh, there's no quick and obvious reason why they should improve a lot. So I, I would not think that the, the Japanese economy would grow much more than 2%, even at the, even at the best of times. Um, but you, one, one shouldn't regard that as a, as a failure, and one shouldn't be disappointed by it. And it doesn't mean that, um, uh, that the economy, uh, that, that, that the stock market and profitability can improve. Okay, so uh, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, on the other hand, one could say that Japan's been one of the major beneficiaries of the fall in oil prices recently. Yeah. Uh, and it's also had the benefit of, uh, of a much uh, weaker currency. And you might expect in those circumstances that uh, you would have seen more of a response than we've actually had even in this short period of time. A response in the, um, in terms of economic growth? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it, it, it's, it's plausible. Um, I, I, I agree. Uh, we've had a big improvement in, in Japan's terms of trade in spite of uh, yen weakness, which I think is, I think is your point. Um, yeah, we could have seen growth rates of, uh, of one, one and a half percent over this period. The specific reason why the measured growth is somewhat disappointing in, in the second half of, of last year and probably into this year is um, inventory destocking. And you know, that, that occurs against various, you know, various cycles that are common to, to, to uh, industries across the globe. So components and, and autos are both in, a, in something of an industry uh, an industry-wide um, inventory destocking cycle. Um, that's a cyclical factor, and that, that's and that's that a, work its way through. And I think that will work it work its way through. What um, what is not uh, in doubt is the strength of the how against this. However, is the uh, is the strength of the labour market. So you know, the 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 number of um, of people. Uh, the proportion of the work of the, of the workforce that's unemployed is down. The proportion of the participation, participation rates are, are up very strongly. Um, the proportion of part-time workers are down. The proportion of, um, of, of uh, contract workers are down. In time, this will be reflected in, in higher wage rates and, a, and, a, and a, a more of a feel-good factor, even in Japan. Okay, well, picking up on one of those points, which is the currency, um, 
a number of us, whether they're in Boston or elsewhere, <laughs> like to draw a chart of the uh, of the movement of the currency, the yen against the dollar, and then they overlay that with the performance of the stock market. And it appears at first at first sight to be quite a close correlation. In other words, the uh, from which they deduce, I think, uh, uh, incorrectly probably, but they deduce that. Uh, Somehow, the only reason the stock market is going up is because of the currency depreciation. Uh, but you would say that isn't the case, and uh, this correlation will not persist indefinitely. It's annoying, isn't it? <laughs> that chart still persists. What I, so here's what I think will, will happen. During the period of, of deflation and stasis in the, uh, in the Japanese economy, which, which I think finished in 2012, of course... the. It was external. It was the external business cycle that mattered most, okay. and changes in, in the yen had a big translation of impact on on that. We have the coincidence of a, of a fundamental change in in um, uh, in the approach to, to corporate management and economic management in, in 2012, which obviously was going to be associated with a, with a, a weak yen. The correlation persists. The yen last year was relatively stable. began the year at 120 and ended the year at 123, and, and Japan was, was the strongest of all markets, in, of, of all, all, the, all the major markets. So there's a hint that, it's, um, that, the, that the correlation is, is breaking down, and it should, now that what happens in the domestic economy is as important as what happens in, in the global business cycle. The yen fell by 50%. Uh, it's the cheapest level that has been since um, 1971 in uh, real effective exchange rate terms. So when the, with the yen at 120, I don't think that it matters too much whether the yen is 115 or, one, or 125 for the, for the trend in, um, in, in overall profitability in the Japanese, Japanese market. Um, if, if the yen was to go back to, to one, you know, 105 and stay there, then of course it would have an impact. I mean, that's a very material difference from the, uh, uh, from the assumptions that, that companies were making uh, when they announced their, uh, their, their own forecasts for, for profits. Just on that point, though, if you are uh, an investor outside Japan, yep. um, it has been uh, worth your while until uh, last summer at least to... Uh, to, to hedge your investment uh, into the Japanese. It's been essential. Been essential indeed, yeah. Um, but are you saying that that's no longer that's exactly necessary? Or, or that's exactly uh, what I'm saying. The, um, that, it, it's, that, that firstly, the, I wrote, I mean, I, I was, our portfolios were strategically hedged against the yen in the whole of 2012, the whole of 2013. The whole of 2014. At the start of 2014, I wrote, and th at that point, a lot of a lot, the start of 2015, when a lot of, uh, of commentators were extrapolating the trend. I know that you uh, you will have heard of people who's, who uh, analysts who thought the yen was going 145 and 160 and then 200, and they were fairly vociferous and slightly shrill at that point, but. What you have to do is to try and envisage what the basic balance of payments looks like in, in Japan. It's, it's a reliable indicator. It just comes out rather, you know, rather too late to have any, any impact. So I wrote that my guess, based on my, an assessment of the basic balance of payments, 
was that um, the yen in, in 2015 would, when it started at 120, it would trade in a relatively wide range between 110 and 130 and end the year slightly weaker, which is more or less what happened. And I wrote, I've written exactly the same thing this year, for the, this year, saying that it's more likely that the yen will go to 110 because of um, incipient weakness in, uh, on Wall Street. You know, there is, it's, it's more likely that we'll have a risk-off trade. I mean, I didn't think it would happen you know, in, the way <laughs> in the way it has. But the, the, um, you know, the, yen, the yen centered around, around 120 it, number one, this is where the, the Japanese authorities will quite like it to be. Number, number two, it's more than, than enough to compensate for... Uh, yeah, well, I just said, said it. You know, Japanese exporters enjoy the most favourable exporting environment that they've, in terms of, of pricing that they have in, um, in, in two or three decades. Incidentally, it's worth, worth noting that the reasons for, for yen strength during the deflation was that uniquely the Bank of Japan targeted 1% CPI. Everyone else in the world targeted 2% CPI. It's no surprise to me that the yen was strong and now they've moved to a 2% level, it's, it's going to, to the, the, the yen rate will be it's unlikely that the yen will be, will be strong against the it is stronger for longer against against the dollar, you know, because both monetary authorities are targeting the same, the same objective, the same, the same objective, which is which is sensible. FX trading is sometimes common sense. So if you know <laughs> if if the yen if the yen goes to one ten, then I will short, I will hedge my exposure, and if it gets you know gets back to one twenty, then I'll take most of it off. That sounds very you know, pretty clear. Pretty clear. And logical, yeah. In the early in the early stages, of early parts of this change, it was essential to have a view on the yen, in in terms of having a view on on ref Japanese reflation and, and Japanese uh, um, and the Japanese stock market. And it isn't now, in my opinion. One more question on that topic before looking actually at the Japanese market itself. What impact could the slowdown in China and the possible uh, depreciation of the Chinese currency have if those things were to happen to the extent that uh, some people believe. I don't know where you stand if, on that. Have you been talking to Carl Bass? <laughs> Everyone's heard of Carl Bass. He, he just a, loves the limelight. That he guy. loves the limelight. Um, <laughs> it's obvious there are, there are adverse developments for, uh, for, China, for Japan and it's obvious that they are particularly adverse for some companies. So if China slows a lot, then the, um, the component companies which provide um, sophisticated passive components for iPhones will continue to be hit. It's clear, I mean, that's clear. It's, it's obvious that the, the what are called the, ro the robot stocks, Fanex and so forth, of this, you know, they too will, will be ad adversely affected. There aren't very many beneficiaries, but it's uh, Japan's in no uh, in no different situation to a very large number of um, of uh, exporters. I mean, Korea's in the same the same position. Germany's in the same same position. 
know, the Apple chain is in the same position. It's not, this, this isn't, a, isn't a unique feature for, for Japan. Okay, so... But by the way, and we'll, we'll see this in, in a year's time, there will be no depreciation of, of the renminbi. Oh, right, okay. okay. Well, it, it's really, you know... The, the, this is just a scare story. This is just a scare story. And the, uh, uh, the, those who are short the remnant B, it's quite a big trade, they're, and they're, they're in some very bad company. <laughs> <laughs> and therefore, I hope it's a bad company should are going to get punished for their... And I think, I think the, the, um, the, the Chinese authorities are, are incredibly well aware of the scale of the bet against them, and they've, um, you know, they've they've chosen to uh, they've to- chosen to, to to wrestle with with with, uh, with elephants and horses, and it's just it's the wrong bet. More to the, more to the point, you know, China wants to be a always wants to be a responsible economic or global economic citizen, and the the, the notion of a large depreciation. They, they understand that it's unset. It would be deeply unsettling, um, and be and be perceived as um, as selfish, and self-centered, and it's it it is against their long-term interest, and I think that that all the responsible officials have have said as much. And finally, who cares about the capital outflow? So what? You know, no one worries about the capital outflow in America. Or the UK, or the UK, or that you know, it doesn't. You know, it's <laughs> it's just it's entirely rational. It'll be with us forever, um, and it's not as if the money is leaving the country. It's just going to Hong Kong and being and being in, denominated in 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 dollars. Well, that's very. That's a nice. I, I like the the, uh, the force of that you said that, and I'm sure you'll be vindicated by uh, what happens this year. Um, but if we just go back to the Japanese thing and how to invest in Japan, that perhaps is the next question. Because you, your, your case, I think, is that um, uh, valuations are still low, profitability is uh, high and still rising, and there are other catalysts coming along, such as possibly a reduction in tax rates and so on. Yeah. So that's all very, uh, that's all good, and uh, I think you believe the, the return on equity could go as high as 15%, which would be yep. a remarkable figure. Um, so then, if one looks at the Japanese stock market and, and uh, how to invest in the Japanese stock market, it's obviously not just about the Toyotas and the, and the big exporters that uh, most people have heard of. What, is, what sort of balance uh, are you looking at in terms of domestic versus exporting companies or in terms of sectors? What, what kind of, uh, where, where, where are the hottest spots going to be and where are the, the not so hot spots going to be? Okay, so the, but you, you've used the, um, you've got to the, to the, um, the nub of this immediately. So, and you use the word invest. So Japan is not a trade anymore. It was a trade from, you know, from 1986 to 2012. But now it's, now you can compound right. gains. So, so, so that is absolutely, that is absolutely fundamental. Right. And the, I, I'm less exercised by um, sector selection or uh, than I am by which companies get it. So which companies are actually improving their, their return on equity? Which com- companies are actually improving their returns to, to shareholders? And which ones are going to do, do, do so on a reliable basis in, in the future? And that covers a, 
you know, that, that, is, that is not, not really a sectoral choice. Um, it's about individual company management, uh, individual uh, companies' approach to, uh, uh, to corporate governance, as, you know, as, when, as well as their entrepreneurial zeal. I think you get some quite strange, um, quite un, unexpected conclusions. So quite a lot of the, they're not called SOEs, but these are, these are companies that gov, where the government has very large holdings. I mean, the, the government is trying to take a lead in companies like NTT and Docomo and Japan Tobacco in uh, doing what other companies need to do, which is have total payout ratios that exceed 100%. Um, and not surprisingly, these stocks have done really quite well, even though, and they're profitable. This is a good example. I mean, so that the, there is there's virtually no growth in the, or, I mean, only GMP growth in the telecoms business in in, uh, in in Japan. But this is a good example of where you can have strong stock market returns in a mature economy and a, a mature um, in, industry through improved capital efficiencies. And I, I mean, I, it, it's really worth um, looking at the, uh, the history of, um, uh, of share buybacks and returns, returns to shareholders over, over the last five years. Um, having said that I'm not that exercised by, uh, by sector selections, um, conversely, the, the auto industry has been very slow to grasp what they see as the, the nettle of improved returns to shareholders, and that's been led by Toyota. Car stocks, up until the, um, uh, the middle of 2014, end of 2014, you know, had had their best period of... Uh, of, of our performance in, in markets, I and mean, it must be since the 1890s. <laughs> something, I mean, you know, some because everything was going right. Everything was in their favour. Everything was in was in their favour, but they've underperformed subsequently, even with a weak weak yen, um, or with the yen at very attractive levels. And I think the most important reason for that is um, the slowdown in. Yeah, you know, of course, there's been a slowdown in in markets in. Uh, in, in some of the key export markets, but the, um, these companies have been pretty slow to boost payout ratios and return cash to share to shareholders. So that that's rather, they're rather uh, unappealing. They haven't quite got the new religion. They haven't got they haven't got new the new religion at all. Um, I think that. You've got to be quite attracted to the uh, uh, to some of the property-related companies, um, and you know there the there the market is strong. So commercial property is a derived demand from profitability. Profits are at record highs. Rents you know, can still rise another fifteen percent just to get back to the levels of of two thousand and seven. So the REITs, which are, which are you know priced on cap rates of four. Um, and yield three and a half are are attractive, I, I, and some of them are actually quite well run. Um, so that's 
Yeah, I mean, that's a good example of where, where in the end, an improvement in, infl- in inflationary ex- expectations will have a tangible impact on, uh, on investor behaviour towards, the, towards these stocks. Because, you know, you, you see what happens after a multi-year bear mar- a bull market in, in, in the UK. So prime property, the, the, the cap rates on prime property are exactly the same as gilt. Which is, which is, I mean, improbable, you, improbable and, 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 and unsustainable, not, yeah. <laughs> and 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 has and won't be sustained. That, that's absolutely clear. Won't be sustained. But the gap between, you know, JGB rates at, at the square root of zip and cap rates of four is unsustainably large. I, I suggest, and you've got the obvious improvements in in um, uh, in rents. Coming, coming through, not, not, not just on, on reversion, but on um, uh, for, for new rents as well. So I think those, those look, look very interesting. The, uh, it's hard to, um, uh, to research and analyze small stocks in Japan. There are a lot of them, and that's where I think that there's, there's, there is huge um, opportunity. Uh, obviously, you don't want to generalise about small stocks, but but there's you know, there, there are huge gains to work under researched. They're, they're dramatically under under researched, um, and in these small stocks, the the the, the, the entrepreneurial zeal and um, and ability to galvanise can be can be pretty dramatic. And so I, I, li- I like I like that as as an area, but it's hard to it's hard to execute. That's not a description one would sort of again using uh, pro- uh, uh, stereotypes apply to Japanese management in general as being entrepreneurial and and sort of dynamic. But um, that uh, is changing. That's one of the pieces changing. that's absolutely that, changing. That's absolutely that? changing. Yeah. So um, if I mean if the the If there's one, one, I mean, I, I accept, completely accept, and and the, the, the risk, the risk in Japan is, is that change will be relatively slow. That's that's really it. That's what we're saying. And and is it sensible to be, you know, to be thinking about compounding at, at the return on equity, in an economy that that only grows one percent? Yeah. I mean, is that common sense? And I. Yeah, I, I think it is, but but um, I think it's easily defensible. But I recognise you know, that it that it, it might be a, a bit of a bit of a leap. But if if there was one thing that would that one development where where we don't pay a, a cent for, but which can change, and it's only in the environment that we're talking about that we that it can change, is if there was a market for corporate control. So that that one development would. At overnight, would change management's view of their balance sheet and the cash and liquidity on their balance sheet as an asset to a liability. And I can just, I can just about. I've never thought it likely before. I've never thought it conceivable before. Um, But it is conceivable now because the Japanese financial establishment. The Daiichi Seimeis, the, the commercial banks of, of this, of the, of the, the life companies and the commercial banks, um, are alive to it. 
So if really, I mean, it's it would be it, it, what I have in mind is um, you know is a Sumitomo Group company takes over a small domestic wholesaler in Osaka that ha- thinks it's got links to the to, uh, to to the Mitsubishi Group, and the they call the Mitsubishi Group chairman. And you know he says, "Tai and Deshta, you know, you've got a problem." <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> well, that would be a big change as well, indeed. And uh, you see, no, no one. It's just one of those obvious things, but no one even considers it. Yeah. It's just it's off the radar, but it can it can happen just as quickly as the yen move from from eighty to a hundred. I mean, people said similar things about Europe in, in the mid-1980s and things. They said that, you know, it'll never have... They said it'll never happen, and it did. Control. And it did, exactly. Yeah. So, so that's, that's the sort of upper range of the activity. Yeah. But, okay, so um, if we just look at the, uh, you know, the market... And by the way, just, just on this, you can see that, that, that companies that are cash-rich have begun to outperform in the market. Okay, so that they, the the that investors are taking the view that this that the um, that the liquidity on on the balance sheet is is undervalued. That it's an asset, not just a dead weight. It can be used either for activity yeah. or for returning money to shareholders. Yeah. Okay. Final question then. Um, here we are. We've uh, the the market. If you just take the crude measure of, of, the, of the Nikkei index. We all know famously it was at 39,000 or whatever it was back in 1989. Uh, it's been down to uh, uh, 12 or something like that. Eight. Eight even. Sorry, 8,000. And if we're now back up, uh, we've clawed our way back up to over 20,000 and now we're back to 16, 17, that sort of area. Yeah. Um, you think you could go back to where it was at the peak? Absolutely. So, it, I mean, here's... People, people forget the power of compounding, but um, so it can easily get there in fifteen years, in five years. In five years. Yeah, in five years. So yeah. com- compound at fifteen percent a year for five years, and put put it on one point six times book, and you're there. And you're there. And hard, hardly anyone thinks about the market in in those terms. Well, on that positive note. Uh I'd like to thank you, Hugh, for this very enlightening discussion about Japan. And, uh, Look at the time. We all hope that it's <laughs> going to come. come right. <laughs>